0: What I'm talking about is the revelation of sincerity, and that's what I call something that I learned last year when I was breaking out of my depression by learning the gospel. I realized that most of the time we've been taught the gospel in an environment that is lacking sincerity because the Western culture is just, we're very insincere people. We ask everyone how are we going, not caring, and everyone says good thanks, not actually being good. Most people aren't good, just by the way. Um... This is the culture that we live in, and the gospel actually sets us free from this. The gospel actually makes us the most knowable person in the room and then fixes our depth of relationships because it makes us unafraid of reality. I hope that makes sense to all of you. If you are unafraid of reality, you can ask all of the dark questions on your mind and answer them, and then that can be something that no longer inhibits your ability to have relationships with people. When people ask you, hey, what's going on? You can actually answer them because you're unafraid of the answer. Often what I do with my friends that are struggling, I do this with my fiance and I do this with all of my other close friends when they're really going through stuff and they're stressed about something. I ask them, what is the scariest thought in your mind? And then, and I press them to actually tell me what's the scariest thought in their mind. And then they tell me, and then I'm like, okay, well, here's why that's not true. Or here's why this doesn't apply. Or here's how that's going to work out. And it turns out that the truth is always for them because the truth was created by Yeshua. For us to live in and for us to love in. The entire premises of the universe was that it was built for love personified, which means there's never any barrier for us to love more. And once we realize that, we answer, we ask every scary question because God is truth and God is love. So when we unpack the truth, we just find more love. So we can ask scary questions like, Am I meant to be alive? Am I net gain for humanity, or should I just kill myself? You can ask a scary question like that. Because if you ask that sincerely, you'll actually find the reason for why you were alive. So being a Christian makes you an ultimate realist, and that makes you incredibly able to connect with people. The fascinating thing about being in reality is that's where everyone is. That's where we come to meet each other and have relationship in reality, because a relationship can only be had through the truth that we share together. Like I can only know you if you... Uh, if you are in the same room as me, if I know that you're perceiving me, I can only talk to you if we both share the truth of the English language. That's a medium through which we have relationship. So if we're less afraid of reality, that's so much more space for our relationships to take up. Every aspect of reality that we're totally fine with talking about and sharing with other people is just more space for our relationships to grow in and thrive. the first thing that God says describing mankind is it is not good for man to be alone. And he's talking about this issue of loneliness. And it actually is rampant in our society. We know that clinically loneliness is shown to uh, perpetuate itself. It makes people more jaded. When you're lonely, you actually believe that people dislike you. It's actually It actually grows this idea that people dislike you. You're more likely to see someone's neutral face expression and think of it negatively. And then you're more likely to think if you didn't get invited to something, oh, people are thinking all these thoughts that they dislike me. So loneliness actually perpetuates itself. And if it perpetuates itself infinitely, you could probably call that hell. This is part of the solution of what the gospel was solving, which is this idea of loneliness, where actually sin, the reason it was the problem in the first place was because it was unsustainable living it inhibited our ability to have relationships with people. You can't have a relationship with someone you've murdered, but you can't have a relationship with someone you hate either. So those kind of work the same. You can't sit down to a dinner with someone who is openly abusing other people. You couldn't really be like, oh, well, cool. I feel like a bond with you over this. That's going to separate people and, and cut them off from relationship with you. So that's the issue of sin it's talked about this in John three seventeen and onwards, where it talks about light coming into the world and people can now live in the light, which is living in openness, or people can live in the darkness, which is, you know, hiding their shame and their sin because they live in the darkness because if they talk about what's actually going on in their life, you'll see that, oh, they don't believe that other people are just as worthy of, of love as them. They don't trust other people to be able to love them This is why people are using pornography and this is why people are doing shady deals behind the scenes and finding ways to you know, rip each other off in small ways, sometimes as ways which we appear as innocent, but the reason your motivation for doing it was because you were jaded and you didn't actually trust the people around you. This is what hiding in the darkness looks like. And living in the light is living in pure openness where everything that you do is motivated by love and everything every time that people find out why did you do this thing oh you did it because you actually care about this human being you did it because you actually there you knew the reason that you're alive and you thought of it like all things considered you just thought this was the best way to build the world the best way to create order out of chaos everything that you do actually reveals a person's value because you did it out of that motivation of loving them and you're the same in private and in secret everything you do in secret is just as real as everything you do in front of other people. And so even the things that you do in secret, you're doing it out of love and motivation for other people because you actually sincerely at the very core of your being care about them. And so basically the scripture says that people will step into the light because the light will reveal, they will welcome the the light's exposure because the light will reveal that everything they did was in love. Everything they did was done in God. That's what the scripture says. Where does it concern sin in this issue? It's talking about sin as if it's like a secondary issue. The question is not whether the, the big issue that he's talking about is he doesn't seem so concerned about whether or not people have sin. He seems concerned about whether or not people are able to live in the light. And sin was something that, stopped, that was convincing people not to live in the light. But you have to live in the light. That's the end result. Light has come into the world so that we can live in it. So a lot of us say, okay, we're saved. But it's like, what are we actually being saved to? What are we actually being restored back to? Back to the garden where they were naked and unashamed. Where everything everything that they did, they were able to bear honestly. They were able to tell people about it. When we live in openness, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us of all sins. So you confess your sins one to another, so that you can be, so that you can be healed. This is the gospel. <laughs> hey, Mark. <laughs> this is, this is the gospel. Of what we were being restored back to, and the only way you're going to do this is with this idea of being pure in heart. And we need to. I think we should talk about the word pure because Matt, uh, a friend of mine told told me that this is how he's always read the word pure and instantly i was just like that makes so much more sense because when we talk about pure in the christian world we kind of have it we don't really understand the world word it just kind of has a whole bunch of connotations we tend to think about it's it's shining it's got something to do with holiness or righteousness it's um got something to do with sexuality purity like we just we just get this word and we turn it into like five different things but we're not exactly sure what jesus meant i think when he says pure he just meant like pure like if you have purified water if you're purified water what is the water doing that is making it so pure it's being water and it's not being anything else it's had the impurities taken out of it it's had all of the things that aren't water taken out of it so if you're pure of heart your heart which is your desires your motivations like if your motivations are one thing and nothing else then you know, this is what Jesus talks about when he says, your, your mind is, your eye is single. Like, and if your eye is single, then light fills your entire body. Being pure in heart is about knowing what you want. I'll give you an example of this. When I was caught in pornography and masturbation was my addiction last year. And for me to do that, I had to actually convince myself that I didn't care if I did that for a time because I wanted to live for Christ. I wanted to be completely motivated in that direction, but I could convince myself for a time that this wasn't a thing that I had issue with and then for long enough to do that and immediately afterwards regret it and hate myself and be like, what the heck? And hating myself is a separate issue. So I dealt with that, but it was like, seriously, why did I have to, why did I convince myself of that lie for so long to do that? It's like my mind could believe in two different worlds, one where Jesus was king and one where Jesus wasn't king. And that's a problem because if you're like, let's say you're 98% sold it out for the gospel and 2%, you just want to play video games, not that video games necessarily are a problem. Um, they can be educated. Like there's a lot of benefits to educational video games, are a great way to spend time with people. There's a lot to benefit from video games still, but you know, that idea, like, are you 58% sold out for the gospel? Are you 98%? Like, are you, do you live 98% of your life as if Jesus is Lord, or do you live a hundred percent of your life? Like Jesus is Lord. What happened is I got so angry at myself last year after one of the times that I slipped back into addiction that I went, I spent time with God. I'm like, God, I'm a dually minded man. Like I was like, I can't live like this. I actually can't. And this, this issue where I, I live in two different worlds, I swap between two different, two different beings all the time. It's almost like, it's almost like split personality disorder, but I'm just like undecided as to what kind of reality I live in. And I swapped back and forth. And so I spent time with him and I didn't refer to him as God. I referred to him as creator because even God had too many connotations on it. I wanted every single thought to fall off my mind. I just like sat and i was just like, oh, creator, creator, creator. This is what I know. I, it, this is what I know about you. I know that you are love. I know that etc. etc. And I said only things that I absolutely meant. And I just talked about, I just talked about what I know about God. And what I know he thinks about me and the outworking of that. And my goal was that I didn't even want to shower after I left that room unless I was motivated by the love of God to do so. Because I had all of these routines that I built up in my life, all of these things that I do because, well, you know, you should keep clean and you should eat because that would be a good idea that'll keep you presentable and that will make sure that things don't all go to crap. But I was doing that out of a concern for the world. I was doing that out of concern for what the world might perceive of me. I was doing that out of the concern of all of these material ideas, fear of man and such like that. And it's still good to shower, but why is it good to shower? It's good to shower because the love of, the love of God motivates you to. <laughs> it's good. We should be doing everything out of our awareness of how good God is. That's the entire reason that we are alive is to live within this space of faith to live in communion and relationship with God. Faith is something that we don't we don't muster it up for a time. Faith is a place that we live in constantly. It is our state of mind. And if your mind is if you're doubly minded, do you fully have faith or is like do you swap if you're two different people and one of them's a Christian and one of them isn't, which one are you really like can you can you even be said to be one full entire Christian? When you are one person, and everything that you do in secret is something that you would do pub- is that you would tell people about publicly this is why i talk about my past very openly because you have to because you have to talk about it as if you know this is a this is a truth that you've come to grips with this is a truth that you've dealt with yourself and you've talked about it and you know how you feel about it now and you're not that person anymore So we're honest about everything, everything. We bring it into the light, dark things. We bring them into the light. They're like mold. You bring them into the light and they die. When you're one, when you're one person, singly minded in reality, everything you do in private can be talked about publicly. You're completely unafraid of reality. The love of Jesus motivates you to love others. So your heart is pointed towards them all the time. You aren't scared of them. That's something I didn't deal with in this podcast, but I will deal with it later. You aren't, you aren't scared of people and you don't expect them to respond poorly when you approach them. And everything that comes into your mind you actually know is safe to talk about, because all of reality is safe. Jesus overcame the world. The entire world was orchestrated so that we can create love within this world. And so when we unpack the truth, we just find more ability to love. This is what the revelation of sincerity looks like. This completely transformed me from someone who was distant in all of my relationships to now someone who has incredible depth of relationship with all of my friends this completely changed my life and my ability to relate to other people is having a grip on reality and being completely unafraid of asking questions and making sure that in my mind my idea of what the world is like is actually consistent Not to say that we aren't wrong about things. Always leave space in your mind for learning. But you need to make conclusions. And the first conclusion that you should make is that God is good. God is definitely good. I love you. Thank you so much for spending time with me.